0: Let us now read together what we confess in the Heidelberg Catechism in Lord's Day 14. And there we have God's Word summarized as follows What do you confess when you say He was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary? The eternal Son of God, who is and remains true and eternal God, took upon himself true human nature from the flesh and blood of the Virgin Mary through the working of the Holy Spirit. Thus he is also the true seed of David, and like his brothers in every respect, yet without sin. What benefit do you receive from the holy conception and birth of Christ? He is our mediator, And with his innocence and perfect holiness covers in the sight of God my sin in which I was conceived and born. After the sermon we will respond by singing from hymn 51 to stances 5, 7 and 8. Beloved Congregation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters, I recently read in a newspaper that in Britain, even the slightest deformity of an unborn child will qualify for an abortion. That is also what happened. Recently, an unborn baby with a cleft palate, which is a minor deformity easily corrected by surgery, was actually allowed to be aborted. I also read that in Britain, more babies with Down syndrome are aborted than are allowed to be born, and that in America, more than 80% of the babies diagnosed prenatally with Down syndrome are aborted. With increasingly sophisticated prenatal genetic testing technologies, deformities can be more readily assessed before birth. And so this means that parents who are told their expectant babies are less than perfect will more and more have the option of killing the child before it is born. There will also be mounting pressure from society not to have these unborn children see the light of day. This world does not want to deal with handicaps and disabilities. And so those with handicaps or disabilities will wonder about their place in society. Are we less worthy than others? Do we belong? Some may even be inclined to sue their parents for not aborting them. And that has even happened. That brings us to our reading of the scriptures. There we see that apparently there is also a bias in the scriptures against those who are less than perfect. For we read that none of the descendants of Aaron who have any defects may serve in the temple. Even some of the slightest deformities disqualify you, such as an eye defect or festering sores or damaged testicles. If you have any kind of defect, you may not serve in the temple. You are disqualified. You're discriminated against. You have no place in the special service to the Lord. You are to be rejected. Only those who have unblemished bodies are to be tolerated. You have to be perfectly formed. No one else needs apply. Why? What is the Lord God trying to tell us with this? That only those with healthy and well-formed bodies are allowed to exist? that the rest are inferior and do not have a place around his throne? It is these questions that Lord's Day 14 confronts us with. We read there about the birth of Christ. Even though he is prone to the weakness of the flesh, nevertheless, as a human being, he is perfectly formed. There are no deformities, no birthmarks, no cleft palate, no hernias, That is the way the Father in heaven wanted it. Why? What is the purpose? That's what I will preach to you about this afternoon. The theme is as follows. Christ's birth shows the need for perfect formation. We will look at three things. First of all, at our sinful deformation. Secondly, our anticipated reformation. And finally, our miraculous transformation. From the outset, it should be clear that the Lord God does not consider those with handicaps or disabilities to be inferior to others, to so-called normal people. Far be it from God to discriminate. Why then did he put those regulations in place to exclude from the temple service those with any kind of deformity? Well, the Lord God wanted his people to understand that originally deformities were not part of his creation. When he created Adam and Eve, he created them perfectly with sound bodies and minds. He created them without any kind of defect. Everything was perfect about them. They had perfect DNA. They were not carriers of any kind of disease, and their bodies were perfectly formed. In their integrity, in their state of integrity, they would have been a delight to behold. There was nothing in their lives that disturbed them either or that limited them. The Lord God made them perfectly capable of performing all the tax, tax, tasks that he wanted them to perform on earth. They did not have any physical or cognitive limitations which would make it difficult for them to perform the task that the Lord God had assigned them. They were perfectly designed for their task. If man had not fallen into sin, then there would have been no deformities, no disabilities, and no handicaps on this earth. And then there would have been no need for an organization such as Rehoboth, Then crutches would not have been necessary either, or wheelchairs. As a matter of fact, there would have been no need for doctors and nurses and hospitals. And nor would you then need dentists or optometrists, for then everybody would be perfectly healthy and be without any kind of defect or disease. Sin made all the difference. Sin has severely damaged us in mind and in body. It has damaged you and me in every respect. Yet, when you are young and healthy, then you are not all that concerned about the various deformities and illnesses that there are. When you are young, you feel strong, you feel vigorous, you feel that you can take on the world. Healthy young people typically do not think too much about the various health problems that come with old age. That is still too long a way off for them. But with these regulations, the Lord God wants to rub our noses in it. He wants us to be aware that this life is no longer a paradise. He wants us to realize that you and I, we are damaged goods. And that is not his fault. It is our fault. It is because of our sin. We have brought this upon ourselves. We only have ourselves to blame. When we get a disease or some kind of disfigurement, then we usually feel sorry for ourselves. And other people feel sorry for us as well. And that's understandable. But the Lord, our God, does not want us to think, first of all, about our outer physical brokenness. But he wants us to look at, to realize, our inner brokenness. He wants us to look inside of ourselves and realize that we are damaged good inside, inwardly as well. We are deformed in every way, totally, in every aspect of our existence. And that is because of sin. By only allowing priests without deformities, obvious deformities, to serve in the temple, and by banning others who even have the slightest deformities, he highlights the effects of sin. And that was his purpose in coming with these regulations. He wanted to highlight sin and the effects of it. He wants us to realize that none of us is exempt. All of us are affected. And we all need to be reformed. In other words, to be given a new form, a new shape. We need to be without any blemish, inwardly and outwardly. And that is what the priests and Levites who served in the temple had to represent. For that reason, in the Old Testament, he also had other stipulations that prevented God's people from being in his presence. If you had a festering sore, for example, or even if you suffered from a cold, or if you were menstruating, or if you had touched a dead body, then you were not allowed to come near the temple of God either. He gave those regulations in order to impress upon us the effects of sin. Our outer imperfections reflect our inner imperfections. And that is why we need to be healed, we need to be cleansed, we need to be made perfect. By reminding us of our imperfections, Lord God makes us think about the need for perfection. Perfection. And that is why the Lord God also had the Levitical priests make sacrifices in the temple. They pointed to our anticipated reformation. To the fact that instead of being deformed, we need to be reformed, made new again. That brings us to the second point. In the Old Testament, we have the anticipation of the perfect sacrifice. But it is not so, of course, that those priests who were allowed to serve in the temple were all without blemishes or defects. Also, those priests who did not have any obvious defects were not without defect, for there is no such person on this earth. Since the fall into sin, there has never been such a person. Also, the Levitical priests that served in the temple will have had many defects physically and mentally and spiritually. However, those defects were not obvious. Nevertheless, the Lord God did allow them to serve before him in the temple. And brothers and sisters, that is good news. That is gospel. It is wonderful. It shows God's great mercy to his people, to all of us. For these priests represented the rest of God's people, the other 11 tribes. By allowing only those with no no obvious deformities, he wanted to teach his people that that is how he intended it from the very start. That is the way it was in paradise. Then man was totally without blemishes. Then he was of sound mind and sound body completely. And that is how he wants to have it once again. That is his purpose with all of creation. He wants everything to be perfect. Not just on the outside, but on the inside. For the Lord God, he wants to be close to us. He wants to dwell in us. He wants to dwell with us. And he cannot dwell with us when there is even any taint of sin. No matter how minute he can only dwell with us when we are absolutely perfect right now we're still in our sins and that shows in everything nevertheless the lord god gives us his holy spirit and his holy spirit dwells within us in our hearts and in our minds but we are not yet in the full presence of god that's impossible for if we were to see god in his full glory we would perish we would die It's impossible. Light and darkness cannot exist at the same time and in the same place. Sinful man and perfect God cannot exist in each other's presence. And therefore, right now, there is still a barrier between God and us. We do not yet experience the full presence of God. God only dwells in us through his word and through his spirit. In order for us to be able to experience the full presence of God, sacrifices are needed first of all. For we have to die first. For the Lord God already said in paradise that if we sin, we shall die. And he has never rescinded that sentence. But that is why he gave his son. He put our sins on him so that he can be our substitute. He is the perfect sacrifice. The sacrifices in the temple pointed to him. And those sacrifices served to teach the Old Testament believer that a sacrifice was needed, but not just any sacrifice, a perfect sacrifice. And that is why they were not allowed to offer up an animal with any defect or blemish. An animal that was blind, or injured, or maimed, or with warts, or festering, or running sores, such an animal was not allowed to be offered up, nor any animals whose testicles were bruised, crushed, torn, or cut. Now, those Old Testament regulations were only temporary. They applied only during the time of the Old Testament. And during that time, millions of sacrifices will have been made, and they had to be repeated over and over. That is because these sacrifices themselves were far from perfect. They only reserved as a reminder to God's people that a perfect sacrifice had to be made for our sins. They served to remind God's people that we deserve to die for our sins. In Lord's Day 14, we are confronted with the fact that there are no such people on earth who are perfectly formed. Such a person would never be found either, as I said earlier. We also sang about that together a moment ago. Behold, I was in sinfulness conceived, and iniquity my mother bore me. It's from Psalm 51. We are incapable of bringing forth children that are not infected by the parents' sinful and therefore contaminated genes. All of us bring forth children with defects, with handicaps and disabilities. We bring forth children that are intellectually retarded. And we have to say that to our shame, for it is our fault. We are all intellectually retarded. When you bring into the world a child that is disabled, that is a disappointment. That is a disappointment for the child and for the parents. But do you know what is a lot worse? It is the fact that you and I, we bring forth sinful children. The fact of the matter is that a child who is obviously disabled is in many ways a blessing from the Lord. For such children have much to teach us, especially about God's grace. They remind us of the brokenness of life and at the same time of God's great and wonderful power of transformation through them. They are witnesses of God's great mercy to all of us. They also point us to the Lord Jesus Christ. He was perfect so that through him all of us can be made perfect. And therefore what does the Lord God do? He saw to it that a child was born that did not have any disabilities or handicaps, not in the slightest. As the Galecism says, he was born of the flesh and blood of the Virgin Mary, and so he was a complete human being. He was like you and me in every respect. His mother also carried him nine months in the womb and came into the world like all other children. He drank from his mother's breast, he had dirty diapers, and he would cry like any other baby. And yet, he was also totally different from us, and that is because he had a different father. His biological father was none other than the Holy Spirit, and that made him perfect, outwardly and inwardly. And that also made him the perfect high priest who would be not only the one who offered up the sacrifices, but who himself is the sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice. And so let's look once again at the question as to why the Lord God wanted only priests and sacrifices without any obvious deformities. It was not because he discriminated against the disabled and the handicapped. It was not that he wanted them out of the way. It was not either that he did not like them. It was not that he thought that they were inferior in any way either. On the contrary, it was because he loved them. That is why he gave his only son. He is the only one who could qualify. He loves his people so much that he made the greatest sacrifice anyone could make. He sent his son down to this earth and made him, as it were, step into the womb of Mary. He sent him into this world full of sin and misery. And he sent him into this world that wanted nothing to do with God. Into a world that thinks it can save itself that thinks it even has the answers in dealing with deformities, they think that they can get rid of it by, de- by abortions and through other means. It is an arrogant world that thinks it can move slowly and surely to perfection that way. This world, brothers and sisters, has no knowledge of sin. And therefore, it does not realize how handicapped and how disabled each and every person here on earth is. How we are all disabled and handicapped. How deficient we are in every respect. They have no awareness of sin. And therefore, they have no awareness of the effects of sin poor world. For that reason this world labors under a false hope. Modern man anticipates utopia through human effort. How foolish. How stupid. We however on the basis of God's word anticipate reformation. The Lord will reshape us. He will give us a new form that is what he promises that is our great hope we hope in the lord our god the almighty creator of heaven and earth and we can experience some of that reformation now already we can experience it in the flesh when you cut yourself you heal and when the winter comes and the vegetation dies off we see new growth in the spring it is god's power of reformation that is at work And it is also the inward work of God. His Holy Spirit burns away our impurities and he cleanses us. The Holy Spirit gives you and me a new heart and a new mind. The Holy Spirit applies the work of Christ to us and within us. Through the Lord Jesus Christ, we may have the forgiveness of sins. We may now already have a foretaste of what heaven is going to be like. When we are promoted to eternal glory, we will experience a miraculous transformation. brings us to our third point. The Catechism says that our mediator, the Lord Jesus Christ, with his innocence and perfect holiness, covers my sin in which I was conceived and born. That's why the Lord Jesus came. He came to bring total renewal. He came to do away with sin and to do away with everything that is affected by sin. How wonderfully he showed that while he still walked here on this earth. Not only did he not avoid those with disabilities and handicaps, he was actually drawn to them. He sought them out. He gave sight to the blind and made the cripple walk again. He drove out demons. The Lord Jesus reached out especially to the weak and to the obviously weak of society. He showed his compassion to them. He, he even rose people from the dead. Think about Lazarus. Why did he do that? Why do you think? To teach the people why he came. He came to restore life. He came because he loved life. He wanted to transform it totally. He came to teach people that through him, everything is going to be exactly the way it was in paradise. Except for one wonderful difference. In the new heaven and the new earth, the possibility to sin will no longer exist. There will be nothing and no one, not even Satan, who can undo what God has done. The Lord God will bring total perfection, which lasts eternally. In paradise, none of his children will suffer in any way, shape, or form. Oh, sure, right now there's still a lot of suffering going on. Also in this congregation, we all have some kind of infirmity or disease or disability in one form or the other. Some are obviously disabled. Others suffer different kinds of ailments, from cancer, from chronic diseases. We have also those who are affected by their old age and who become more and more infirm as they grow older. But then, remember that baby Jesus. He came with healing in his wings. He suffered and he died for us and he is now seated at the right hand of God. He has been given the perfect form so that you and I, we can also receive the perfect form. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 51 that we will all be changed at the last trumpet. He says that the trumpet will sound and that on that last day we will all be raised imperishable. The mortal will take on immortality. In the book of Revelation, we are told what that means. It says in chapter 21, verse 4, that then there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. It will be a complete transformation. In other words, it will change completely from one form to another form, from a sinful state to a sinless state. We cannot even begin to imagine what that will be like. But we know that it will be absolutely magnificent and wonderful. The Lord Jesus came here on this earth as a perfect human being. So that you and I can also become perfect in every way. That is the great significance of his birth. What a reason for thankfulness to the Lord our God. Thankfulness to him that we can share in that perfection through grace alone. Amen.